Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, so Matthew 13, kind of tonight really, uh, my title is, let me give that to you, Destruction by Distraction. Oh, I heard a lot. Okay, yeah, you're with me there. Okay, I got the right. I got the right one. Thank you, Lord. Okay, destruction by distraction. And so, uh, you know, for me, it's just interesting. I've experienced a lot of things these last few weeks, and kind of where this comes from. I just you're trying to stay focused on something, and something else pops up. And and the obvious to us would be the thing. And this wasn't my purpose. Anything addressing the weather or the those things, the floods. It's just kind of everything changes that way. You're headed one way, and something changes. But I want to really focus on the power of staying focused. And really, it is, it is amazing, the, the power of staying focused. And in our world today, there's more and more distractions every day. I mean, if you remember 10 years ago, there wasn't as many distractions. And isn't it true that some of the things that we look at and engage in that we would say is some of the things that help us the most today really have become some of our biggest distractions. And, and so and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, there's something amazing about Jesus in so many levels. But one of the things I admire and love about Jesus was his ability to stay focused. <clears throat> and, and aren't you glad for that? Because he stayed focused on mission, and you and I were his mission. And so throughout his ministry, and you read the Gospels, you'll see Jesus having all kinds of opportunity to be distracted. In fact, there's, there's no way that the enemy could take Jesus out, so he's trying to distract him. Uh, when you study the scripture, the disciples even, you know, some of the biggest distractions for Jesus were his followers, Right? Not even the sinners. It was his followers. And you'll, hear, you'll read stories like uh, when Jesus was talking about he's going to be taken and Peter saying, no, they'll have to go through me. And, and Jesus rebukes him. You're going to be here forever. You're not going to die. I'll die before you die. And, you know, it was, Peter was kind of just, there's a different plan. You know, there's a different plan, Jesus, but Jesus wouldn't be distracted. In fact, he rebuked Peter. And the rebuke was kind of a harsh one, but really what he was saying is we need to stay, we need to stay focused on our heavenly mission and, and not focus on our earthly wants and desires. And then we see things uh, about Jesus, even just going through the, the whole, uh, being, uh, going through the trial, being taken illegally, being beaten. And if you remember the story, they blindfolded him and soldiers were beating him, whipping him. Hey, if you're the son of God, who was this? Who did this to you? Who do you know? And the whole time, those, those moments where he was, he was being taunted to defend yourself, defend yourself, come down off the cross. And we all knew Jesus could have came down off the cross and called down 10,000 Abel's and took care of business, but that wasn't his mission, was it? And even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances, he stayed focused on mission, and we, we all benefit from that. We're thankful for that. So let's talk about tonight some things that distract us from what really matters most. And I don't know if you uh, consider yourself, let me ask this question, how many of you consider yourself easily distracted? Okay, well, thank you for your honesty. And uh, the rest of you weren't paying attention, obviously, uh, when I said that. But um, I, I don't, you know, sometimes I can be easily distracted in, in different environments and stuff. I like to think when I'm doing this, I don't get easily distracted. Hey, Rich, good to see you, man. You're back from Rama. Hey, let's give him a big hand. They graduated this from Rama this year. Good to see you guys back. Awesome. Hey, see me afterwards. Where was I? I'm not, where was I? I'm not, I'm not sure. No, they really, they really did come back. So we're proud of you guys. Way to go. So nice to have you guys back. Um, where was I? Okay, yeah. Wouldn't you agree that we live in a culture that really is destroying our focus? Now think about that for a second. There's so many things happening around us all the time, and we're thinking like we're being attacked on this front and this front and this front. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you, I think one of the greatest strategies of the enemy is to attack our focus. Because he cannot take us out. 
He can't come and just take you out. He can't give you the death blow in, in life, but what he can do is distract you from your purpose and from what God has for you, and very subtly, and he's very patient, and he'll do it over time, and he easily will get us off course a lot of times. Um, and again, you know, the example for me would be some of the things that we think are the greatest benefit to us in life, and I'll say like smartphone or iPad, become some of the greatest distractions for us in life. Some of the advancement of technology, and all of a sudden, you know what it is, is, is we get distracted now by uh, the greatest, uh, most uh, up-to-date amount of information <laughs> there ever was. But it's our greatest distraction, perhaps, at times. And so it is our biggest culprit. I wonder how many things that we've missed. Talking about focus and distraction, I wonder, and ask yourself this question, because I've been thinking about this. I wonder how many things we've missed in life because we were distracted to see him coming. I mean, I don't want to think about that, honestly. Rather move on and get to the joy in June, right? But the whole thing is there's things that are coming our way all the time because of God's goodness and God's faithfulness, his plan, purpose, and destiny for our life, and the enemy's trying to distract us, and we sometimes so easily fall into those traps. And many times we're asking God to bless us. Let's just be honest. We're asking God. I pray those prayers too. I'm asking God to move and work in this area. I'm asking God to reveal this to me. I'm asking God to provide this for me. And the reality is I think sometimes God's doing that and we're just too distracted to see it or recognize what he's doing or hear his voice because we've been distracted. We've gotten our eyes off of what he's providing and already provided. We know John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He cannot destroy you, but he can cause distraction. Or in my title, he can cause destruction by distraction. And distraction is destroying your mind. I don't know about you, but it seems like I guess so many things clutter our minds anymore. I mean, I'm a one-track person. I mean, you know, and so it's hard for me to stay focused. And you don't want to ask me to do, I need to finish something first. And there's so many things that are coming 100 miles an hour at our mind. Our emotions Get easily, we get easily distracted that way. Uh, distraction is destroying our peace. It's destroying our joy. It's destroying our opportunities, our careers, our relationships. Distraction is destroying our marriages, our family, our parenting, our dreams, our future. So this is a big deal for us to understand. And again, I would say that even coming up here tonight and stepping into my calling and my gifting, I am, am susceptible to be distracted. Uh, when I preach a lot of times, I get distracted. Sometimes I'll, I'll look at people's faces and it can be a little distracting. Like they don't agree or they're bored or asleep on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock, right? That's not, not the case here, of course. Uh, sometimes I see people on the phone and I know, and I do that, I know that my phone has a Bible app but I don't know if you're Facebooking, if you're texting, right? If you're playing solitaire, I, you know, whatever it is. And I know you're probably following along, taking notes, and you're probably blown up Facebook by how awesome the message Pastor Don's preaching is. That would be my guess. Using your Bible app. And people are getting it. I um, sometimes wonder when people get up, where are you going? Did you not agree? Is it, you know, you, I don't want to call you. You going to the bathroom? Are you coming back? Was it that bad? Whatever it is. Yeah. And I, I had, a, uh, I had, I had uh, something set up. I can't hear, is it ringing? Can you hear my phone ringing? Oh, okay, my phone's been ringing. I had it set up for my phone to ring in the middle of the, the message, but I was too focused to hear it. So praise the Lord for that, right? I was like a laser beam focus on my message. I didn't hear that distraction. But uh, thanks for the attempt, bad attempt. I meant well, okay. So it's hard to live in a world full of distractions. It really is. And it's gonna get more things that are gonna cloud our mind, emotions, opportunities. And it's hard to live in a world full of distractions. Would you agree with this? It's hard to parent in a world of distractions. 
I mean, I find it more difficult. I got a 14 and 16 year old and there's so many more distractions for them today. And, and as your kids get older, my kids, and if you've had kids that are older than mine, you would probably agree where we're at today if you have some coming behind mine. And it's hard to parent there. It's hard to, it's hard to stay pure with all the distractions today. Come on, you can't even watch TV. You can't watch the Super Bowl. You can't watch TV, right? It's hard to stay pure, all the things that we have, the vices we have. It's hard to pray with all the distractions, right? It's hard to read your Bible with all the distractions. It's hard to serve with all the distractions. It's, it's hard to go to church in a world full of distractions. But you guys are here on a Wednesday night, so that really isn't for you, right? It's like, thank you for coming out tonight. Um, it just seems like there's so many, uh, coming from my standpoint, so many easily, easy excuses to miss church. And I don't, I don't know what that looks like for some people, but I think we ought to do everything we can to not be distracted about missing church, right? And be, make sure we're gathering together as the Bible says, again, you're here tonight, so that doesn't apply to you. But hey, it's not just bad things that distract us, but sometimes good things distract us. I'll say sometimes I'm, I'm preparing for a message, I'm spending, I'm locked down, I'm getting ready, preparing the word of God, and, and one of my girls will knock on my office door at home or want to do something, I'm like, I'm right in the middle of this, you know? And my daughter's not a bad distraction. Come on, so let's just, uh, honestly, there's good distractions that we manage, try and manage through life and, and things of that sort too. But let's take a look now at Matthew 13, 1. So that's the, really the, the basis for our, our message tonight. And take a look, let me read this scripture for you. Here's what it says, that same day, now hold that thought, that same day, because that means something happened previously, and Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. So it always interests me when I see a phrase like that, I want to know what else was going on that day, right? So let's go back, and then let's look at Matthew 12, and read what happened that day earlier. So earlier that day, here's what happened, Jesus was talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. That's not a bad thing. And someone told him, hey, Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. I think that's kind of harsh, right? I mean, hey, that's your mom. That's your brothers. But you know what Jesus was saying? He's like, I'm saying focus on mission right now. And, he's, and when he was, it wasn't being disrespectful, I don't believe. He was emphasizing the importance of mission. And let me just say this for you. Don't try this at home, right? If your mom's calling you, right, you'll get up and go. It's not like, no, I'm to do the will of the Father. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're grounded. But I think what Jesus was emphasizing is just that he, he was talking about staying on mission. Jesus was focused on his mission. And, um, and I think he was just emphasizing that for you and I. Making sure you're, 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 you're he's, you know what he's fixing to do? He's fixing to teach a parable or a couple of parables and he was staying focused on that. He wanted to be distracted by what he was getting ready to do. And so you can go on and you know, we're in Matthew 13 and he's getting ready to teach us these, these uh, parables. And so before he teaches us about distraction, he was making sure he kept his focus. So let's keep going in verse two, Matthew 13, verse two. Let me read through nine and then we'll jump down to 18. So such a large crowd gathered around him that he got in a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying a farmer went out to sow his seed. Now hold on to that idea about seed, because this is what the parable's uh, about. And he was scattering seed, so he's about his day, doing what farmers do, scattering his seed, and some fell along the path, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. And some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. 
Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And so when you look at this um, passage right here, basically we see uh, a man going out to do his business, scattering seed, and all of a sudden a couple different things happen. Now we typically teach this passage and we use it uh, talking about the soil and we talk about four different type of people. And the last one would be, let me go ahead and give you verse nine. Did I give you verse nine or did I just, did I stop at eight? Oh, okay. I, I thought I had, I wrote down that I went through nine. Okay, so uh, whoever is focused, I think it says, yeah, oh, okay, there are nines at the very bottom. I'm sorry I missed that. But here's our, here's our thing. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Uh, whoever is focused, let them pay attention. Here, here's what, what I'm talking about here. So Jesus is teaching a parable, man going about his business, scattering seed, different things happen there. Now let's jump down to verse 18. And it kind of just recounts it, it gives us a little bit more of the story. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. When hard times come, they fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word but worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And I'm just, I don't know if I gave you 23. I'm going to 23 there, so is that 23? The seed falling among the thorns, it chokes the word, making it unfruitful. I need to do a better job typing out my notes and giving them to you. So here what we see is there's two uh, pieces of this one passage give us insight into what Jesus is talking about. Now, we'll typically teach this passage of scripture talking about four different people. And and we've taught it that way. I've taught it the way, and that's a right way to do it. But I think maybe as we look at this passage of scripture, would you think that maybe it could describe one person? And just in life, we sometimes go through different seasons or even in the same day, honestly, we can have different things happen in our life that really the same person can see this experience every day. They could go through different stages here. And some like, are, are like seed along the path. They hear the word or the seed and they don't pay attention to it and they go on. Or some are like the rocky ground and they get excited and they, they spring up quickly but don't follow through. They want to do things and I just got saved. I want to get water baptized. I want to do this. I want to start... And, Tough times come and they don't follow through with it. And some are like falling, uh, or seed like falling among thorns. They're focused on the world and the seed gets choked out. And some are like the fourth kind, and we all want to believe we're the fourth kind where we get a hundredfold return, we're good ground. And again, I don't believe this is necessarily exclusively talking about four different people. I think it's sometimes we could say it would be talking about one person. And maybe it's a person that wakes up that morning and you wake up in the morning and you're good ground right? Because you really haven't encountered any of the world right now, right? I'm good ground right now. Come on, Lord, right now at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm good ground. I haven't gone out my front door. I haven't done anything yet. And then maybe as we go, we're like the, the, the rocky ground and, and we don't have any, we're, we're, as we're progressing throughout the day by noon, it's like things have happened in our life and distractions have come. And so our, our soil has changed a little bit. And maybe later on in the day by five o'clock, because we've engaged with different people, we've had so many distractions in our life, really the seed in our heart can be choked out because now we're really more focused on the world than what God, when we, when we woke up in the morning, we're focused on God. So we were good ground. And by the end of the day, we may have experienced all those soils. Does that... Would you agree with that? I think, I think that we can take it that way as well. 
So let's take a look at three distracted states of our heart by looking at this passage. And I'm going to say three, even though we talked about four soils, because the fourth one was the good ground. I'm going to talk about the ones that are distracting using this parable. And the first one, the first one Jesus says, is a certain type of seed falls along the path and it gets snatched. I don't like that word snatched. I just think it's a cool word to say. And we see that uh, in Revelation where it talks about that will be snatched in a moment's notice. And I, I just like it. So you just can picture that just as taking away, being snatched. Before you can even get home from church tonight, guess what? The enemy's going to try and snatch what you heard tonight. Right? I mean, he is. He's going to try and distract you because he can't destroy you. So he's going to try and distract you. And have you ever had anything snatched in your life by distraction? Man, the older I get, the harder it is to carry a thought from the moment it comes to me to the time I carry it out. I'm going to remember that. What was I going to do again? I was going to ask you a question. I don't remember what it was, but it'll come to me later. Have you ever done that and tried to put it in your phone by the time like you, you got that note thing on your phone, right? You get, oh, I need to do that. That's good. I'm going to do that. Type my phone. What was that again? I mean, it's like the enemy will snatch it away immediately. It's funny in your phone because there's so many easy distractions, even in your smartphone. You can be typing in things like, we're taking notes out of Matthew tonight. I'm going to type in Matthew, and autocorrect puts milk, right? Because we love autocorrect. And so all of a sudden, you're typing in Matthew, as pops up milk. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to do milk. I wanted Matthew. But yeah, we don't have any at home, right? And if you're like me, it'll go, we don't have any milk at home. I was trying to type Matthew and autocorrect. I have any milk at home. That's okay. I don't like milk. I have, I have a lactose thing. I, like soy, I got to do soy milk, but I don't like soy milk. But you know, on the grind, we'll do soy milk in your coffee if you do that right? On the grind. And but then I like to get the grinder of soy milk, but then I had the sugar-free one the other day. What was I going to put in my phone? What are we talking about? Am I the only one? Right. And all of a sudden, whatever the seed was, it dropped and we've missed it. It's gone. We know what was that? It gets snatched. And Jesus says along your life, along the path, there is a function of the enemy. And that is to snatch the seed before it has the opportunity to bear fruit in your life. See, the farmer was sowing seed, and some of it got snatched. You know, this, uh, this, this week, Monday through Wednesday, just up to tonight, just if you start with Monday, um, in your life, I would imagine many opportunities were snatched by distraction. Moments that were created for your good were, were snatched because we, we missed it. Uh, we could have received something but we didn't, someone wanted to bless us or we wanted to bless somebody, but that moment was snatched. We could have helped someone, we could have served, we could have gave, we could have grown, we could have made a difference, but something else came in the way. Our focus got off focus and things were snatched away. And before you came here tonight, the birds snatched it away from you. And the crazy thing about seed is that you only sow it as a seed and not what it could have been. And think about that for a second. Just think about the parable. I mean, because he's sowing seed, and if the seed gets snatched, you don't know whatever it could have been. How important is it for us to stay focused? Because we don't know what that seed would have ever produced a harvest in our life. If we stay focused, we're more apt to connect with more of those, but if we don't, we allow the enemy to come and snatch it away. And Jesus says there are these birds of the air. I, I thought I'd find one, a bird of the air. What, what might that look like? I, I, got, I got a picture of a bird here that might snatch things away. You think Jesus was talking about that bird? <laughs> I had applies to today, right? Uh, obviously, the Twitter bird, social media. Come on. I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm just so, did, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do yet with social media, but it has snatched so many things away from people. 
It does, it snatches it away, and it's amazing. And instead of, uh, think about this, in the moments of your life that we let the birds come in like that and snatch it away, uh, insignificant things will snatch it away. Instead of engaging around the table with people that you love, you're checking on social media with people you don't even know. And the family moment snatched from you. How many times you go to a restaurant, you see everybody on a mobile device? If you've seen my family, you've probably seen that before. We've allowed that to be snatched. I'll be honest with you, this last Sunday after church, Jessamy and, and Callie were in Mexico. Jessamy came home, Callie stayed down there for a little bit to serve with my brother in the church in Audible de Vida. So Camry and I were, were just Camry and I for a week. We had some great bonding time together. And Sunday we went to lunch and, and I had a discussion with somebody uh, um, and it, it, earlier before we went to lunch and I gotta tell you, it made me a little angry. It lit my fuse a little bit. And the sad thing was, is I had lunch with my daughter. That's all I thought about. And when, she, when my wife came home on Monday, how did it go? Oh, we had fun, we had good times, but he was totally caught up in something else on Sunday at lunch. You know what I allowed that bird to do? I allowed, I allowed a bird to do? I allowed to snatch that moment away from my daughter. Come on, I'm just bearing my heart here because I know we all have been there. And we get so caught up in that stuff. And we say focus. That was, a, that was a, a special moment that I allowed the enemy or I allowed the distractions of life to snatch that away from my girl. Come on, how many times has, has your teenager want to come to you and talk to you? You've been distracted by something. You've snatched that opportunity to speak in the life of your teenager, your spouse. I want it to be a hard message tonight. I try to make it as fun as I can. But the reality is we allow these things to be snatched out of our, our life and we miss it. Dinner just got snatched. Something you're supposed to talk about with a teenager is struggling, just got snatched. Birds are flying around us, around our minds, snatching things. And hey, it'll happen when you leave tonight. When you leave tonight, and, and I believe this word, hope this word, the incorruptible seed gets in your heart, but listen, when you go pick your kid up from over in the children's mission, they're gonna take good care of them. But you know what? You may be the parent that another little kid bit your kid. And if you're not careful, what you just heard tonight will be snatched away by the biter. All right? And it happens, right? Or you may go back and to pick up your teenager and they may not come out when you want them to come out because maybe they're playing pool. Or maybe they're at their altar being ministered to but you're wondering where they're at and all of a sudden everything that just happened got snatched away. Or you're leaving campus tonight and you get cut off, not by a Christian because they don't do that, no. You get cut off and some, by the time you get home, the birds come and snatched it away from you. How important is it keeping our focus? How many seeds get snatched away that had great harvest ready waiting for us? So they get snatched away, and it happens, and the enemy comes and tries to bring that. The seeds get snatched. Listen, uh, things, don't, uh, things don't not work in life because of the seed, or because the seed wasn't good. I wanna say not the seed is good, it's incorruptible. The seed of the word of God is incorruptible, and it's good, it's good for your life. It's never about the seed not being good enough. The word is good, the seed is good. It's, it's that we let it get snatched. We get distracted, we lose our focus. Try this when you leave church tonight, try this when you leave church on Sunday. If you've come with someone, try this in your car. What did you feel like God was speaking to you tonight? Having a little, have a little conversation. Hey kids, what was Pastor Josh speaking about tonight? Back in the back. What was the one thing that you really locked into? It's Faith Factory kids, hey guys, what was tonight? What was the lesson about tonight? What was one thing that you felt God really showed you? What happened tonight? You know what that does? It snatches the power away from the enemy. It's about time we start snatching some stuff out of him, right? And that's when we start allowing this to get in our heart, get, get where it needs to get. What do you feel like God was speaking to you? Hey, as soon as, as soon as we leave, the birds come. As soon as you leave out of service and you check your phone, 
Be careful of those birds. Don't lose your focus. And we've had things snatched out of our life in seed form before it ever had time to make a difference and bring a harvest. Destruction by distraction. There is so much good stuff going on all over our lives, around our lives. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the birds we allow to snatch it away. Uh, Number two, some seed gets scorched. Let's look at Matthew 13, five through six. The sun comes up on it. Here's what it says, 13, five through six. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. Now listen to this. And they withered because they had no root. This is for those of us who are living out, <clears throat> excuse me, a shallow or surfacey Christianity. That we're living out a shallow or surfacey Christianity. We're busy, but we're not bearing much fruit. We're busy, but we are, if we're not bearing fruit, then we're barren. So we're busy, but we're barren. Busy, but barren. That's not what God intended. And the reason was because we don't have much root. It seems that much of what we focus on is planted in shallow soil. It has the appearance of life, but it isn't life. It has the appearance of life, but it has no root. Root represents commitment. Root represents uh, anchored to, tied to. And the Bible says those that are planted, rooted in the house of the Lord will flourish. So many of us are unrooted. And that's why we're so easily distracted. I want to draw closer to God. I want to grow. I want to be discipled. Well, guess what? Then Wednesday night, Ephesians is the place to be. You want to get your roots deeper in who you are in Christ and what he has for you? Then you need to be here on Wednesday nights and you need to bring your Bible and a notebook and a pen and you need to get rooted even in a greater measure. Why? Because it's those that are rooted, anchored, and tied to the the word of God. They're the ones that don't get so easily distracted. We need to draw closer. We don't commit Sometimes and we miss out on that. And it's, it's that way in every area of our life. I mean, think about it all the time. And I'm myself including this one. We want to, especially at the first of the year, I need to lose some weight. I need to be healthier. Well, unless you're rooted to that thing, it just doesn't happen. I mean, how many of us have gym memberships we've paid on for a long time but haven't, haven't been there? And it doesn't take like a big thing to keep us away. I may stub my toe. I can't go to the gym today. I stubbed my toe. In fact, I need at least six weeks to recover. I mean, we're looking at any excuse, right? I mean, myself included. And so we're not rooted in that place of wanting to be healthier. I want to get my finances in order. Finances are wrecked. I want to get them in order. You want to be rooted in your finances? You need to be a tither. I got so many other things coming up. I got so many things I want to do with my money. I'm telling you what, you need to be rooted in the principles of God's word. And if you're not, you're easily distracted. And you'll start listening to other things and other people about they just want your money and all this. Tithing's for your benefit. God's going to take care of me because I'm a tither. And he's going to take care of this church because our mission and what we do and we're very generous as a church, this for you. I'm telling you, you need to be anchored and rooted in that because if we're living there shallowy and surfacy, we're easily distracted and we miss what God wants to do in our life. No root. No root. So, so many things happen and keep us from gathering together so let me say this, you need to be rooted on because you, you need to be rooted in, in, in here and you need to be here as much as the door is open. One of the things I think is so easily, uh, any excuse 
to miss church. I mean, just, I mean, I'm going to pass you for a minute and stuff like that. The Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And I know we're the church and all that kind of stuff, but the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. If you're going to be rooted, you need to be here as much as you can. You need to serve. You need to give, right? You need to pray. You need to participate. You need to build relationships on Wednesday night. Come on out. Obviously, I'm not speaking to you because you're here tonight, right? But the point is that if we're rooted and stuff, when the sun comes up, trouble comes, then we can stay focused on what God has for us. And here's, I'm going to give my pastor soapbox for a minute. How about those who wake up on Sunday morning or even on Saturday night and they'll ask their kids, do you want to go to church? (laughs) I heard somebody say this one time. Why are the kids occupying the corner office in your house? Last thing I knew, I was a parent. I don't ask my kids to go to church. I say, we're leaving at six o'clock on Wednesday nights and the times that we have to leave on Sunday morning. Listen, if you're not going to be rooted in church, they're not going to be rooted in church. If you're not going to be rooted in serving, they're not going to be rooted in serving. If you're not rooted in giving, they're not going to be rooted in giving. And you can't blame them. If you're easily distracted, they'll be easily distracted. But if you're focused, they will grow up focused. And that's our mission, to help them go beyond where we are. Yes, there need to be a conversation. We need to be rooted in the house of God, or our kids won't either. So seeds get scorched because we don't plant them deep enough. We don't plant them deep enough. We need to get our priorities right. This is what we do. This is what we do in this family. I have that discussion with my kids all the time. If you hear me talk to my kids all the time, you very rarely hear me call them by their first name, not because I can't remember what it is. I get distracted. But I call them Duncan. If you're around me here, say, come on, Duncan, let's go. Hey, Duncan, you ready to go? Because I want them to know they're part of something bigger than themselves. And in this family, the Duncan family, we go to church. And the Duncan family, we serve. And the Duncan family, we all tithe. They tithe on anything they make. And the Duncan family, we worship. And the Duncan family, we read our Bible. And the Duncan family, listen, I'm telling you what, that we have to have that attitude and that faith. And we are rooted in this family, girls. We are rooted. This is how we treat people. This is how we serve. This is how we give. This is how we respect. You gotta be rooted. Amen? You gotta be focused. So it says the sun came out and, and the heat is on and the seed gets scorched because it had no root. When you have no root, you can be easily distracted. And the third, let's look at the third, seeds that, the seeds that get choked. Let's take a look at Matthew 13, 7. 13, 7. Other seeds fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Let's get a little bit of a better look on, in verse 22. Let's jump down to 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. It says the worries of this life. Leave that up there for a little bit. The worries of this life. He says the worries of this life. It doesn't even, it doesn't say the the responsibilities of this life. It says the worries of this life are choking out the seed. Sometimes, Sometimes we get distracted by things that are actually happening in our life. And sometimes we get distracted by our interpretation or expectation of things happening in our life. You know, here's where the devil's really smart. He's, he's really smart right here. He gets, mess, he gets a lot of us distracted by things that aren't even going to happen. It's just the thought of it happening. I mean, come on, how many times have you thought and you've worried about something about that never came to pass? I think back at some of the things and decisions here at the church and I get so worried about stuff and what if this is going to happen? I'm worried about this happening. And it never comes, 95% of them never ever happen. 
but yet I've been so distracted, I got my focus off because I was so worried about it. It says the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, the worries will choke the seed, choke the word. He can destroy you by distracting you. He doesn't even have to do anything just make you think it might happen. He doesn't even have to send assignments against you. He doesn't have to send demons against you or however you want to say that. He just got to make you think that something bad is going to happen and you're going to worry yourself into distraction if you don't keep focused. Got to have that focus. All he has to do is get you to worry. The worries of this life have the effects of, it says choking or suffocate you. We become so distracted by what happened about what may never happen and choking on the worries of this life. A distracted mind. Something that happened a long time ago. Something that you may think might happen, probably never will. If you think of things that I've worried you, most of them have probably never happened. The worries of this life distract you. And choking on the worries of this life. And deceitfulness of wealth, making uh, the word unfruitful. Wealth is not a bad thing. Everything comes from God. Right? Everything belongs to God. Everything comes to God. He's given you ideas, the ability, all that. It's not a bad thing. And we, but we spend so much time, we spend so much time in the word deceitfulness of wealth being tricked into making it of greater importance than it is. Now, don't get me wrong here. God is a good God. He's a good provider. You follow the principles of God. He'll take care of you. But listen, the world and the way the world views wealth, it, it, and wealth itself will trick us into thinking we have to have more, we need more, we need more. And what the trick is, we start placing a great emphasis on the wealth instead of the things that are really important. And I'm gonna say this, I know that a lot of we're, we're striving for things and God's open door. Sometimes those open doors are God. And, 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 I, and I can say this in some regard, just the things that, and let me give you an illustration. Uh, two years ago, Callie was an uh, eighth grader at school, she played basketball. It's the first year she played. She's a softball player, a great softball player. She played basketball. So um, I was real busy. I was busy doing other things at the time. And I missed a couple of games. I missed a game where she hit a three-pointer. And Callie didn't like to shoot. She's a great defender, a great rebounder, but she wasn't confident in her shooting. And she nailed a three-pointer. And I missed it. I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. And I remember times even at softball, Jessamy would be FaceTiming the game. And it's not the same. It's not the same when you're driving down the road watching FaceTime, no. It's not the same when you're someone and you're you're cheering on your phone but you're missing. It's not the same when I'm trying to ask her to tell me about the three-pointer. But I remember the championship game in, in in the district tournament. They were down, at 20 seconds, they were down by three and Callie was on the floor. She was the first one off the bench, six man. She's on the floor. She turned, got it above the three-point line, just turned and jacked it up and swished it to tie the game. I about jumped out of the roof of that building. I thought they were going to have to escort me out so they could finish the rest of the game. I learned, and that, my point is, there's nothing like being there. And sometimes we're trading things and the deceitfulness of wealth will get you to trade away those moments by chasing other things. I mean, I don't know how to say that. I don't know what that looks like and stuff. But other than that, remember the important things. Don't be tricked by the deceitfulness of wealth. And make sure you're following the principle. Stay focused on tithing. Stay focused on those things. God's your source and provider. And I know that he'll provide those opportunities. And I'm not saying anything that wealth is bad. Please don't hear me wrong on that. God needs wealth to manage the kingdom, to expand the kingdom. I I firmly believe that. But don't let it trick you into that it's more important than it is. And what happens is we'll lose our focus by chasing some of those things. Because money can deceive you. And and you need to stay focused. Stay focused on what really is important. Don't get choked by it. Destruction by distraction. It's the seed that gets snatched. It's the seed that gets scorched. It's the seed that gets choked. The seed is good. The Bible 
calls the Bible the incorruptible seed. The word is incorruptible seed. So keep focused. Don't lose your focus. The seed of God is in you. This, the, God put his seed in you and you have a great destiny. Distraction leads to destruction. Focus leads to destiny. I know this. God is a good and faithful God. Let's all work a little bit harder on being more focused on who he is in our life and the word he has for us. And let's be less distracted and give the enemy less opportunity to really come and do things in our life because he has no power over us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.